Welcome to Garner and Old. Everyone out there hunkering down. You know, Vince, we never can predict hurricanes. They rarely do what they're predicted to do. Oh, you know, boy. They go left, <laughs> starting with that. Right. Sometimes they lose to Middle Tennessee State at home. So sometimes you can't really do. predict hurricanes. Sometimes they do. And when they do, it's uh, it's a beautiful thing. Garnet and Old, no inside info, no contacts, no problem. Uh, Ryan and I here on a Thursday evening, 745, a little later than we normally would do this. Hopefully uh, we'll get some good interaction tonight. If you are listening tonight, wa- uh, watching, go ahead and share it on your feed. Try and get some more people in here. I know people are, have been bored. Well, I'm going to say bored, probably the wrong word. But people are looking for something that's kind of a distraction, maybe, of all the things that have been going on over the last 48 hours or so. So share that out, and let's uh, let's get the conversation going. Yeah, thoughts and prayers go out to everyone. Who, if anyone was affected, any of our listeners, we have listeners all over the world, Vince. And seriously, we have listeners in you know Fort Lauderdale, Miami, Jacksonville, uh, Germany. Uh, yeah, so we have we have people all over the world, um, probably even in Afghanistan. But for those affected by the hurricane, thoughts and prayers. Hope you guys are doing well. And maybe this will give you something to listen to while you're dealing with uh, clean up some yard or, or any uh, any debris. Yeah, I mean, anything that's a that's a distraction um, is probably good at this point. Um, and, uh, you know, let us know if you are if you are a Garnet old listener, watcher, and you are in an area that's been severely affected. You know, Ryan and I are from the Jacksonville area. We didn't really have much to speak of, a lot of wind and some rain. But uh, let us know how things are going if you uh, if you have the opportunity to. Now that we're through with the, uh, the serious part of the show, we got a game to talk about. We got a big game, a top 25 matchup, Vince. Uh, yeah, Wake Dave, Horse, Dave Clawson didn't think there was going to be a game. To play the ranked Knowles after a couple weeks finally ranked. Yeah. Dave Clawson didn't think there was going to be a game. Um, and he kind of, uh, you know, said it in a way that maybe he didn't intend it to be said, but it really came across kind of, did. I don't know, kind of uh, where you kind of look slant eyed at him a little bit like, hey, what are you, what are you trying to say here, buddy? Yeah. But For yeah, those that we're don't know have what a game, talking about who don't follow the media. Um, you know, every, all the coaches give their their you know opinions on things throughout the week about the game, about the possibility of a game with the hurricane, and you know, ACC league officials are never ever just so everyone knows going to send a team anywhere in the country in which they're in any kind of harm's way, and so the gist of the conversation was Dave Clawson insinuated, uh, pretty non veiled away that he hopes FSU makes the right decision and he, right. makes, he hopes ACC makes the right decision. The right if they decision. don't, we might have to, cause we're not going to put our players in safety. Uh, I hate to tell you Dave Clawson, but since Wednesday, the uh, forecast in Tallahassee has been sunny and, you know, 80 degrees on Saturday with zero chance. Once they had that, that cone in Wednesday, Wednesday morning, we woke up, we knew where the storm was going within 50 miles. There was not going to be a drastic curve. So, he also insinuated that, you know, he was worried about his players having food and electricity in Tallahassee. Uh, well, that's just a not clown statement attention. to make. It's insinuating that the ACC would send them to a hurricane uh, riddled town. And that's not true. And the and, you know, as it as it turns out, the weather's going to be nicer in Tallahassee than it will be in Wake Forest at that time. So, you know, 
like I said, I, I don't want to necessarily say he did it on purpose. I think you think he did. Um, but, uh, he had some other, he had some other faux pas that were kind of ridiculous as well. He said something about, about, you know, with the tradition down here and how they, the guy rides on the horse and, and throws the thing down and it explodes. I don't recall ever anything ever exploding. It'd be uh, kind of cool if it did though, wouldn't it? Yeah, I guess. Um, but that's not what happens. And, uh, you know, that's just, that's just kind of disrespectful. I mean, you should know that it's the greatest tradition in college football. You should know what happens during that. Now, maybe he, because, you know, they've beaten us more often than they should lately. Maybe he, uh, he thinks it's not necessarily to, uh, necessary to pay any kind of respect to that. But, uh, he also, he also made some comments about, about maybe the crowd would be smaller than a Vanderbilt crowd. Mistakes were made by him. Yeah, I don't know that you want to be doing that. Um, you know, the school's going out of their way. Florida State's going out of their way to get that stadium as full as it can possibly be. I know, Ryan, you had mentioned something about the student section, right? Yeah, so for those of that you don't know, first of all, anyone in the state of Florida with a valid Florida ID uh, tomorrow, I mean, sorry, Saturday starting at 1130, can go to the Dick Hauser's um, ticket office and redeem up to four tickets for free. Um, And the student section is already completely sold out, but they are now allowing students to purchase, uh, I believe, additional tickets or or get free tickets outside of the normal student area. Um, So I hate to tell them, if I were to guess, it'll at minimum be 80% full. And how do I know that? Similar situation happened when we played Boise State a few years ago, and it was by no means an empty stadium. It was, it was pretty good. Maybe some of the top areas were, uh, you know, a little sparse, but lethal it, was, simplicity. it was decent. It was lethal, lethal simplicity. People were excited about that. Uh, <laughs> your your two people were still excited. Okay. No, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think the last thing I saw was there were sixty six thousand tickets that were um. Uh, expected attendance, 66,000. And that was a, probably about six, seven hours ago. So, so listen, Vince, I have no problem with him giving a little bit of a, a diss in a couple different ways to Florida State because to me, that's just motivation. You act like those players don't don't hear it. They, they hear it. And I'm just going to say we'll get to scores later on, but I think it's going to work out for us in the long run. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how much of you know, what a coach says, you know, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday plays into, you know, the game once the game is going. But um, at least from the get-go, maybe it'll make them a little more focused during uh, during the practice this week. Yeah, and they've had a lot of time to practice since school was canceled. Uh, classes were canceled. They've had plenty of time to watch film and do other things that they normally wouldn't have necessarily had the time to do and the weather has been great over there this whole time beautiful weather so what's funny is uh one of the the last thing i'll say about the dave clausen thing is i heard someone say like everyone should bring some canned goods to give to the players on the sideline right little little uh uh care package for them yeah just for them and their and their families coming down the storm damaged tallahassee ravaged by the hurricane yeah it's just nonsense. That's all nonsense. Um, but, you know, 
quite a diversion, you know, while people were worried about the storm. Um, I, I know I don't want to throw college football in there in that vein, but it's a little bit of a diversion for sure. Before we get in the nitty gritty of the game, I want to talk big picture events because this is a very important stretch, three game stretch you play coming up here, Wake Forest on Saturday. Uh, a week from today, we play at NC State, and then Clemson comes to Doe Campbell Stadium in three weeks. So, people, I, I'm not trying to get you, you know, I understand we got to win these games, and there's a, a long way to go. But I just want to, I want to dream blue sky this for a second. Just imagine you're going to dream a little bit. Just dream for a second. Any little dream you, sequence here. Yeah, it's a little bubbles, and I'm going, yeah. just imagine for a few seconds in your head on a passing whim in the middle of the day it doesn't have to stay in your head because you don't you don't want to jinx it but for at least five seconds a day just think about the possibility of florida state is seven and zero, and then look at the rest of the schedule i can tell you it's not great as far as uh, quality of opponent the way miami and florida has have looked and georgia tech and louisiana um dare to dream that and we we will i promise you i will be the first one to bring it up if we are seven and zero. You get past these next three games. If I know it's not a great chance, but there is a chance that you get through this stretch. And if you do, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking playoff contention. Yeah, I, I'm not good with the maths, Brian, but I think that the, you know, and I'm not going to rain on your parade because we are dreaming here. It's what we're doing. Uh, that the, the, the possibilities, the probabilities of winning the next three game are pretty low right statistically statistically pretty low um on a game by game basis it doesn't that maybe not right maybe not on a game by game but you take them all together the statistics are probably pretty low with that yeah it's flipping heads three times in a row yeah so so but if i mean at that point and you know ryan i'm the more realistic of the two of us uh, at that point, then in my brain, I start going, you know, what really is possible here? What really is possible is um, that that this team has an inside track to being in being in the definitely in obviously in the uh, conference championship discussion, right? Because we will have beaten uh, all of the. <laughs> All of the contenders at that point, it would in be the Atlantic. Or, the Atlantic yeah, will in be the Atlantic. over, aside from uh, us, us playing um, some coastal people. But that Atlantic's done. So then you, and, and so then you have to look at what would happen from a ranking standpoint if you win this weekend. You're probably going to go up. You beat NC State, who is uh, they're pretty high, they're highly ranked, you know, higher than us. And then you beat Clemson. I mean, then you are knocking on probably top ten. And no, I think you're in it. I mean, I think it's you solid be. because you you'd be talking. Would you say uh, the only reason the Ryan, page, if the you win reason, this week, the only you're reason like I say maybe not. Go if ahead. You win this weekend. You're like what 17, 18, somewhere around there. If you beat NC State, you're like twelve or thirteen, and then you're thinking a top five Clemson team. You beat them. You're number eight. Could be the only reason I say may, maybe not is because you are the team that was nowhere near being ranked to start with. And because of the way the media is, there is a bias against Atlantic Coast Conference teams. So even though you're winning, they start, you know what they do. They say, well, maybe their opponent wasn't that great, you know. So you just got to keep winning. 
but well, it's also important that, for LSU to keep winning too. Sure. LSU to keep winning Louisville to keep winning. You know, once we've taken care of business, have these other teams continue to win. I, it's tough for me to make that leap. Um, because I just, to me, it's like, I'm already feel just fantastic. I feel fantastic about what's already up been accomplished this year. Cause I would have never, Ryan, I would have never dreamed we'd be four and at this point. I three and one, though. three and I one was my max. That. Ryan, but you think we were going to play, you know, like Alabama, LSU, um, the Eagles and, and the Dolphins and we'd be four and No, but you remember what my first loss prediction was? was this game coming up and and my prediction will not be that now because i've seen games i think what you're saying is vince some people get hung up in the win and loss record which of course is the end result right but there's the eye test too and i've watched a lot of other teams play um i've watched florida play and you're like oh when they're on offense i've watched miami play and i'm like Ugh. and i've even watched them traditionally like Clemson, aside from last week where they had to, they really had to bring it. And I don't know. Let's see how good Wake Forest defense actually is. It doesn't look great. But, I mean, aside from Georgia and maybe Alabama, it's a whole lot of, I could see us competing with all the other teams. Like, honestly, oh. in, a, in a one-off game. Yeah, I that's what, I'm, that's what I said. It's like game by game, I can see it. Because I've seen our team play. I see how consistent they play. I see... I see the fact that they uh, they do not blink, and they don't they don't fold. Um, but and and I do I do um, I do like the fact that obviously Wake Forest and Clemson are at home. I mean that's a big deal. It's it's just it's just tough to go through, you know what was happening even as early as early last season and figure that the turnaround could be that severe. It's, it's, I mean, it's like UCF levels right now. Like it, it's, it's UCF when he went, I mean, they were Oh and 16 or Oh and 12 or whatever. And then they turn around and win, you know, their national championship the next year. I'm not saying we're doing that, but I'm saying that it's that kind of like stark difference from last year. Yeah. The team is, is different. The team is deeper. The team is more mature. Um, Specific areas of the team have been addressed to a large degree, not perfect yet, but addressed to a large degree where they're not just a complete disaster that causes us games. Well, there's so, one. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's one, but maybe, maybe we don't have to have any too many more games that come down to that. So there you go. All right. You want to talk injuries? Let's talk. Let's talk some possibilities on who may be playing and who we may or may not see. Uh, obviously, we're going to see Jordan Travis this weekend. He's had a whole another week to uh, to heal up, and um, so I don't think there's any any question there. Um, what else do you think? Well, it's funny that you know Jordan Travis because if that was him playing hurt last last week, then God help us. Cause... And it was, and that was his worst game. Yeah. Of yeah. the season, yeah, but it was actually pretty decent. Yeah, it was good. He did what he needed to do. Um, I, if you had to, you know, put tell me to put me on the line as far as who's going to play, uh, I think Fabian will be ready because I I think he was close last week and they were like, ah, eh, we think we can beat Boston College. I think 
the wide receiver. Um, remind me of the name, the, the newer the freshman. Williamson. Yeah, I think he'll be back. He didn't look super when he was walking off. It was just a little bit of a, a hitch in the giddy up. Um, I do not think Jared verse or Tatum Bethune will play in this game. Um, and I don't think it's, it's the right time to bring in Winston, right? Um, I feel like we would have heard some buzz. Winston Wright's going to be the guy that even if the um, traditional media doesn't flat out say it, you'll have some indications in the um, in the practice reports that like, oh, this one, this person had a nice catch and it will be Winston Wright. You'll start to see that. Um, but I don't think he's ready. I, me personally, I don't want to bring Winston right back at Clemson because I feel like that's a, I mean, at Tallahassee when we play Clemson, that's a big game to ask a, a guy. So I, I feel like yeah. Winston Wright's either first game is either going to be against NC State next week or it's going to be the game after Clemson. Yeah, I, I probably agree with you on that. It's, um, you know, it's tough for it's tough for people to know how severe that injury is because we're not involved with that. But from everything we've read and heard, it was significant, and so. Throwing him into the fire in that game would, I don't know if that would be the right thing to do. Even though he's probably, he would probably be, you know, chomping to the bit to do it. Um, so I don't think we need him. Yeah. I don't think we need Winston Wright to win that game. No, I don't think we do either. I don't think we do either, but, but you have to find a way to ease him back. And, and I don't think that that is the, uh, that is the way. So this is interesting. John, John just joined the chat here or joined the, uh, Join the broadcast, so he didn't hear us discuss verse at all. Um, you know, it's tough to get any so solid injury news, and rightly so. Um, I don't expect Jared Verse to play this weekend, uh, and I know Ryan, you don't either. I think you just you just said that. Yeah, Jared Verse is the guy because he has experience. I would expect to return at Cle- when we play Clemson. Um, I, I think it, his injury is one where. Better safe than sorry. Like you would rather get him ninety five percent and then bring him back in, than get him eighty five percent and then him just have a lingering problem the rest of the year. So, uh, based on everything I've read from practice reports to the other message boards, it doesn't look great for him to play. Um, but I think watching the practice tapes and who's out there moving, that's why I say Fabian's probably a yes. I think with verse, if you, if he is close, I think maybe you pepper him in a little bit next week, you know, not a full game, not expecting a full load, but you pepper him in a little bit there because I don't know that you would want to, you know, bring him in cold against Clemson. If you can get him 10 to 12 snaps against NC state, that, that might be a better way to kind of ease him back in. Let's be clear though. Fabian is a huge if he does play this weekend, it's huge because that Wake Forest, yeah. uh, the way they run their offense on that long read, the, the we, turtle, what you need the turtle to get mesh. That, yeah, when Clemson had success against the mesh, and by the way, Clemson's DBs looked awful. Um, if you watch that game, Clemson's DBs were getting smoked. Uh, but if you watch what they did do well against Wake Forest, it was disrupt early on the mesh where it kind of got them out of sync. So you really need that that D line to get pressure quickly where it, they're not able to do that long mesh and they have to make a, a, a quicker decision than they would like. Yeah. I, having Fabian back for this game is, is critical. So hopefully, hopefully that's what happens. Um, 
that that Wake Forest offense is, um, I mean, they what they do, they do very well because they, you know, they practice all the time. Those guys are all ninth year seniors on that team. I don't know, but it's um, very annoying. It, it is annoying how good it is sometimes. Um, but also, if if you have any ability to disrupt that, they they struggle. They struggle. So, uh, and and it's not something you see a lot of. Um, but they are masters at it. So I'll give them that. Tatum uh, Bethune. Um, what do you think about that? Probably not. Not yet. And 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 to be honest with you, I always like to flip it again as if we're if we were Wake Forest fans and we were like, what what are we worried about? The mesh concepts, that long read, things you worried about are getting disrupted up the middle quickly, um, the handoff not being clean, like fumble wise from the quarterback to the running yeah. back is that long you're basically, mesh, and then you're basically pushing pushing the point of attack back into the backfield. Yeah, as much as we can do that. So, and then you're worried you might be, be good for that, brother. You would be hoping that we, you're if you're Wake Forest, you're hoping your receivers can get. Because if the mesh is not working, they either run a lot of quick slants or they run those deep, like I'm throwing the ball, you know, go routes. So Clemson, that's why I didn't understand from a talent standpoint, from a stars by your name standpoint, you're like, what are, what's Clemson doing? I mean, cause like, you got to know that they told those DBs, like there's no reason for you to bite on these, on these runs, stay with your man. And I just saw Clemson wide receivers just running alone. And I'm like, well, it's not from a talent standpoint because those receivers are are five eight for for Wake Forest, and I'm sure they're not as fast as the DBs at Clemson. So whatever they were doing, maybe it's just again, uh, Vince. You and I talked about this a year ago. Remember, I told you I said I think the, we'll see the end of or the starting of a downfall from Clemson the moment Brett Venables is no longer there. Now, is that happening? Hey, that, no, because they're undefeated right now. We can't say that but they haven't looked great. So how much of that was Wake Forest wide receivers just dominating? And how much of that was, you know, Clemson DBs getting smoked on every play? Well, I I think a lot of it may have to do with a lack of uh, discipline on the defensive side. So, you know, you hear it said all the time, you have, you have to be disciplined with your eyes. And I just, you know, because of the way, because of that offense they run, it's very, uh, people talk about it so much, Ryan, that I think it just gets in the people's heads. Like, yeah, I have to be overly concerned when really, you just know, go play football. just go play football. You know, you know what your keys are. Don't, don't, don't play hero ball. Stay within the scheme. And I, I don't know that they, I don't know that they did that. I watched quite a bit of that game myself and it was uh it looked like there were some people running free when not free, you know what I'm saying, getting getting enough separation that it didn't seem like um the defensive backs were tuned into what their responsibilities should have been. This is a game though that I think uh like someone like Deloach really comes in handy. A guy who can side uh, side. has the speed where he can recover from a long mesh point and maybe if the quarterback keeps and starts to you know run a little bit Deloach is that kind of guy that will trigger down on those things uh, it's similar to have you noticed how amazing we've been against screen passes this year on defense uh yes uh, amazing i don't know about amazing but you know we've triggered significantly better 
right? Yeah. People when not they throw a screen where you see our guy running downhill. And even yeah. if we miss a tackle, we were in position this For year. Someone else. That's what the mesh does. You have to be that kind where either you're making a decision quickly. It's all about making that decision quick, making it that they're throwing and okay, I'm in coverage or all right. No, they're running trigger downhill. So the quicker you can make that decision and, and listen, we're going to, I can promise everyone out there. We're going to guess wrong a, a few times in this sure. game. And he's going to do those stupid post, like quick post or quick slant moves. And we're going to be like, where was the D on that one? Well, uh, the answer is the linebackers dove in on the run and there was Got nobody inside him. or whatever. Yeah. Luckily, you know, not luckily we, we have spent a good deal of time shoring up the safety position. So those guys do a lot of cleanup and, uh, and, and I'm confident in that group. And like you said, nothing's going to be perfect. There are going to be situations that don't go our way, but I, you know, overall standpoint, I, I, I like, you know, Norvell said it. I like our team. I like well said team. with that being said though, Vince, you want to get into our, uh, our score predictions, huh? Um, do we talk about the offensive line at all? Who, uh, is there still uh, – we, we haven't talked about that yet. So I want to make sure Darius uh, Washington. I, I'm 50-50 on that one. He could start. I honestly don't, don't think it matters anymore. <laughs> I would have been devastated like last year if you had told me any of the one offensive linemen wasn't starting. I would have been like, well, this is going to be a very bad game where, you know, Bella gets blown by a hundred times in a game. I've seen enough this year. I'm saying it doesn't matter what combination we have, who's snapping the ball. We're going to at least be, it'll be average or better. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably agree with you on that. um, Okay. Wake doesn't scare you either. What about, what about uh, receivers? Johnny Wilson's Uh, healthy. Pokey's healthy. Take Kentron, all the receivers Fortier in a giant healthy. Take them in a giant mixer. Like they're all dice pieces. It's the bingo. It's the bingo roller. And Who's gonna any pop of out those today? five receivers could have a hundred yards. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm stopping predicting, hey John, it's gonna be Johnny Wilson. I don't think the the offense is a one trick pony where this is our guy, it's pokey every week, it's Johnny. I think it's hey, whoever Rainbow in offense, the scheme throw it up to Greg Carr. It, and I, by the way, I heard a great point brought up. I, I know you don't like me to bring up old stuff, but I'm going to put it in context. And this is very interesting to me. And I thought about this. I thought about it a lot and it made a lot of sense. Someone brought up, I forget who I was talking to or listening to that brought up when we would watch Jimbo, who's known as a, a offensive play caller when he was here. Right. I mean, that was his, his shtick. Um, it always seemed like, even when we were making explosive plays with Jameis and the whole 13 team, no one was like wide open, like by themselves. Right. It was like always we were just better than them and we were coming down with the balls. Right. Um, there were, I mean, there was open guys, but I'm talking like wide open. And then we would play people and you'd be like, man, how did that guy get wide open behind our, like nobody on him? Norvell more than any coach I've ever seen is really, really good at running the same play four times in a game or five times in a game. And then running that same look for a different entire play. Like we go from throwing the bubble screen four times on the same look to we're going deep and it's a touchdown. 
my man Mike Norvell gets people like wide the hell open. Yeah. Uh, and it's incredible. I love that about this offense. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, we, we kind of heard that about him when he came in, right? Offense for playmakers and, and the deal is scheming people open. So he had to, he had to do that, you know, religiously for sure for the first two years, because we, we were just, we were just lacking. And now because we have, he has some pieces to play with. It's even, you know, it's even more, it's even a more stark contrast to how often it happens. Um, so, you know, what John's saying here, it's almost crazy good right now. Yeah. And, you know, we played four games, three power five teams. Um, LSU's defense, pretty decent. Boston College's defense, you know, offense is terrible. De- defense is decent, right? And and we're scoring a lot and we're moving the ball. I don't want to say with ease, but oftentimes with it looks ease. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks, it, it doesn't, Effortless is the wrong word. It just it looks um, it looks methodical. It looks concise. It looks like uh, it looks like they they have a vision. Yeah, and and it comes down to patience uh, with Mike Norvell. So what's really hard to scheme guys open is you have to run those looks over and over. Even right, I mean that's the whole thing you run the look, you run the look, and then you get the players to think, Oh, I know exactly what you're doing. I'm triggering downhill and we got you for a touchdown over the top. Yeah. You're that takes patience. Up. And a lot of coaches don't have the patience for that. If it, if it works once they're like, okay, on to the next, like I'm going to run time to keep running different things. Right. Well, Mike Norvell right. is like, no, I'm going to run this trips look with four different plays on it. Are, are we given, are we given too much credit though? Because in my mind, the way I, the way I think it happens and I may be wrong about this, you know, I never played, football past a certain age and uh but is it is is it is he that good that literally the whole play calling is there's a holistic vision right where you get some coaches some coordinators that are one play to the next they, there there's no connection right it's just a play each play is its own play but there's nothing holistically like, on vision. Offense. Yeah, so I mean, that you know, in my mind, that's the way it is, and and whether it is or not, I don't know. But in my mind, that's the way it is. Like he has a vision that that you know we're going to run this, and then off of that, we're going to run this and this, and then by the time we get to this point in the game, you know, if things are going according to plan, we're going to run this because we know we're going to catch people with eyes in the wrong place. Yeah, it's it's all about getting people so frustrated where they overreact to the play look and then kill them over the top. I mean, how many, how many it's per game, like two plays a game for touchdowns that it's a go route, like over the top or corner end zone every game. Now, every single game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't want to necessarily just say over the top the whole time, because sometimes it's like, it's like, you know, a wheel route and there's no one within, you know, 20 yards of the guy, right? So it's not Last necessarily week, out I mean, of the end zone. Just, yeah. It's just craziness. So hopefully that continues, right? Hopefully that continues. Yeah. Um, and, you know, staying on schedule, staying, staying ahead of the, staying ahead of the chains or at the very least staying on schedule um, where he doesn't feel handcuffed in the things that he can call 
And actually, even though sometimes he maybe should be handcuffed, Jordan can bail him out of a lot of things. Yeah, he does. So, and he does, and he does. So let's let's get to the nitty gritty events. I want to hear your score prediction first. I'm interested. Uh, you know, weather's going to be beautiful, Ryan. It's 85 degrees, sunny, sunny. Plenty of spaghettios in a can for anybody that comes down from North uh, Carolina that wants to, you know, escape the storm from that's pouring rain on them. Um, I'm thinking, you know, 40, 42, 42, 30, 42, 28. So we're right next to each other then. So I, I went 45, 31. Okay. So we both have the same deal. I think it'll be, I wouldn't be surprised if we're tied at halftime. You know, like 28, 28 at halftime kind of thing or 28, 24. But then I think our defense comes out and makes enough plays. We we tend to really, our defense comes to play in the, in the later parts of the games when the game, when the game needs to be put away and it's time to time to end it. Right. Our defense tends to turn it up, and I think that's what happened in this game. And I think, you know, whether it be we get the ball back after halftime and we score to go up 10, and then we get a stop and then get one more score, and then we just kind of hold on from there and, and stay pat while we hold them back, I think that's kind of how we go. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, John, if you're still listening, why don't you throw your score your score uh, prediction up there as well, and we'll put that on the screen. Um you know, the crowd's going to be good. There's going to be energy about the crowd. Um, this this team, this community, the school, there's just a lot of buzz about it. I, I have a feeling it's going to be a great crowd on Saturday. And we will be there. Um, we will be there in Lot 12, as we usually are. Um, so if you're, if you're going to the game, come on by Lot 12. Uh, Garnet and Old may have something of significance to, uh, you know, s- shake your hand and say, hey, here you go. Why don't you take one of these? Um, so we may have some uh, some swag there. And, we have uh, W's to give away. <laughs> to eat some W's. Um, so, yeah, so come on by and come see us. And uh, the game's at 3.30. Don't forget. Uh, the tailgate, the uh, tailgate in lot 12, we'll probably be getting there right when it opens up. I know, Ryan, you'll be a little bit later than that. Got to drop off the pooch. But uh, you should be there with plenty of time to have some fun as well. One of these days, we got to have your daughter bring out the cannon and start firing some garden old gear out of it. <laughs> I think you have to get clearance from her school to be able to use that in a non-school function. But uh, yeah, that'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, see, my best shirts. advice for her, Vince, and and she should, if she's listening to this, I hope she listens. The best advice I can give you is to just do something and ask for forgiveness later. That's a perfect thing to tell my kid. By the way, yeah, thanks yeah. a lot for that. Yeah. Um, oh, John. John says seventy-two to thirteen. <laughs> if it was long ago, that probably would have been true too. Forty-one twenty-one. That, hey, I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, Vince, you know if we would if we do that, we're only one game away from bowl eligibility. We will have matched our win total from last year. How about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I never, I didn't think we'd be here already, 
let's keep it going. Let's keep it rolling. Well, I can't wait to see everyone this weekend. If you guys come by again, we might have some, uh, some nifty gifties as uh, Andy Bernard would say, and to Michael Scott uh, to give away. Um, at least I think they're pretty cool if you come by and we might be walking a few around the stadium and maybe handed out just random people. So, you know, frivolous solicitation everywhere. Yeah, we got it. We got to spread the word a little bit. Uh, Ryan and I enjoying our time here. We'd love to get some more people in the fray to converse, get you on the show, whatever. Spread the garnet and old love. That's a great name for a podcast with Jared Verse. Converse with Jared Verse. Ah, the Jared Converse. Nil. There we, we go. Got a, we got a visitor. See, all it took was the swag, Ryan. That's what I was, that's what I've been telling you. All all it takes is the swag, and uh, we're going to have a visitor. We're going to have a visitor at the lot. Claiming. Well, we have them ask them a really obvious question of like, who was the quarterback in 2013 that <laughs> won a national championship, and then he has to look to the crowd, and we have to hold up one, two, or three, and we're right. going to do that. And we'll have a we'll have a Waterburger's fries in a hand, and the yeah. other picture doesn't. I would love if they would sponsor us. That would be great. Ryan, this has been a good discussion. Um, Wake Forest this weekend, 3.30, Doak Campbell, beautiful weather. Um, And look, look, we're getting, hey, this is what I'm saying, spreading Facebook pages. Got to pump the numbers up. That's what I love to see. It's a family. It's a family show. Uh, Philip says he'll eat some W's. We'll have some W's there for you. Garnin old. No inside info, no contacts, no problem. I appreciate everybody joining in today. Go Knowles. Go Knowles. SEC, Florida State, Florida State, your brothers, your team, your heartbeat. We some dogs, we ain't no puppies.